It's time for another episode of Squaring Up the Sharp. We are here, and Championship Sunday is just around the corner. We're recording here on a Thursday. I'm joined by my co-host, Austin Weinrich. How are you doing, Austin? Oh, getting a little sad. It's coming to an end. Yeah, the season always goes by so quick. You know, you get started. It's week two, week three. Next thing you know, it's uh, 16, 17, and you're in the playoffs, so... Uh, championship Sunday and then the week in between, which I'm not a huge fan of. I just, you know, just keep the momentum going and bring us to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure how you feel about that, but I don't like that week in between. Uh, to be honest, that was my hope with COVID was they were going to push it a week and we would lose this like extra bye week. Yeah, I get the whole media thing and, you know, I don't know, just just bring us to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it's not going to be the same this year. It's not like there's going to be Super Bowl parties and shit. Although it is, it's in Miami, right? Uh, it's in Tampa. Okay, so there are no rules in Florida. COVID doesn't exist down there, so yeah, there parties. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, Florida's a whole other animal down there. Uh, but before we get to those games and and you know give our thoughts on last week's action. Let's start with this this coaching carousel that continues here. Uh, last time we spoke, I believe, or last last uh, podcast we put out there, I believe the only jobs that had been given were the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Falcons. I believe were yeah, the uh, Falcons broke right as we were recording. Yeah, and they hired Arthur Smith, the OC from the Titans. So that left. The Lions, the Texans, the Chargers, and the Eagles uh, coaching vacancies still vacant. Um, and since then, three of the four have been filled. So uh, let's talk about those those hires for a minute here. And let's start with let's start with Dan Campbell. All right, this guy is already kind of a kind of a folk hero in Detroit. He's uh, what is he a South Park character? That's what they're calling him? Yeah, he looks like a PC principal if you've ever seen him. He's yes. Power walk and Yeah. He's uh he's got all the all the looks of uh of PC principal. That's all that's all I hear about this guy. Um and seems like there's a lot of excitement. Uh what do you think of this hire? I mean it seems like a little bit of a stretch, but I think they're trying to go the Joe Judge route because if you remember, Joe Judge had a great opening press conference that a lot of people loved, and Detroit needs a culture shock, and maybe this is the guy. He's going to PC principal it. <laughs> so this guy, uh, just a little background, he was an NFL tight end up until 10 years ago. And uh, that's how, I mean, it only took him 10 years to get from playing to now a head coach. And I, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. I think the whole, you know, rah, rah, you know, we're going to whip you into shape and, and create a culture. I, I'm not really sure that that has been proven to work in the NFL. I think I think a lot of these coaches that come in and they're the raw, it doesn't work with these guys. These guys are professionals. They're going to, they're going to act the way they want to act. And uh, I'm not sure that a guy who that I'm not, I'm not sure that should be the calling card for a head coach. Does that make sense? Um, I disagree with you a little bit. I mean, I think, a super disciplinarian definitely doesn't work in the 2020 NFL. I just, I, I just think that if you're, and, and I agree, I don't think, you know, and maybe that plays into it as well. I just, I think that if you, if this is what you're known for, if you're known for being a, a hard ass and, um, you know, your mentality is, you know, cause what's this guy, this guy, you know, he's, uh, he's all, you know, it looks like he looks like Sh- a lot of people have said he just looks like Sean McVay, like very, very fit and in shape. And that's what he's going to bring to this team. He's going to whip him into shape and, and do all this stuff. And I- I'm just, I mean, you could do whatever you want, but if you can't out coach your opponent, 
I, I'm not sure. I'd, re- I'd, I'd prefer to hear more about his, uh, you know, prowess as a, as a coach and what he can bring to the table in terms of scheme and stuff like that. I don't really care that he's like a big fitness buff and all this stuff. If it were, if I was a fan of the lions, that's not the first thing that I would, that I would look for if I was a fan. I mean, to be honest, though, he's the only one who's gotten hired who has any head coaching experience, at least. Uh, unless you're counting D3. No, no, that guy was not a head coach. And we'll get to later. <laughs> okay, I thought he was a head coach, at least. Um, I guess not, but who, who, was he, uh, who was he the head coach for? The 2015 Dolphins. He was an interim head coach. Okay. So to a five and seven record in 12 games. Five and seven in the 12 games that he was the head coach. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess if you're going based off of, you know, the head coach experience, you're right. He's the only one that has head coaching experience in the NFL. Uh, obviously not, not including urban Meyer, who has a lot of head coaching experience just in college ranks. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how this, turns out uh obviously matt patricia uh really left a lot to be desired as a as a head coach and well we'll see if this guy can can change things up in detroit i Uh, mean i I would just love to know more about his coaching philosophy usually you don't hear much of like a tight ends coach becoming jumping from tight ends coach to head coach Maybe you see like a quarterbacks coach jumping from that to a head coach, but not a tight ends coach. Yeah, it's a, it's not something that you normally see, and and I agree. I'd just like to know more of his coaching philosophy. Apparently, he had a great press conference and all that, and uh, on his uh, you know little sign outside his office, he has the dude on there. Like you know, he's trying to relate to this to this generation of players. It sounds like. Um, so, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, let's let's move to. Let's see. All right, the next team here. Let's talk about the the Chargers. All right, because I honestly didn't even know that they hired somebody, and then I saw this guy's name, and I'm like, okay, now I know why I didn't know because I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> so, let's talk about Brandon Staley. I know you have some stuff, uh, some information on this guy. Yeah, he was the uh, defensive coordinator for two years at John Carroll University, which is Division Three. if you've never heard of it. Um, you, they were 8-2 and two in his first season as the defensive coordinator. And then in 2016, they made it all the way to the semifinals and were 12-2. and two. But, uh, so, as, but not as a head coach, though. No, as a defensive coordinator. Okay. So that's, uh, this is a very interesting hire to me. Again, I'm not really sure who he is, but uh, you gave the background there and not much background. No, I mean, jump straight to the NFL from D3. Yeah, and he's been the D coordinator with the Rams for, uh, it looks like, Oh, he, this was his first year. His first year. Yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, he's jumping up quickly, much like his uh, his head coach did, Sean McVay. Hired at, I believe, Sean McVay was hired at 31 years old, and this guy's 38. So, uh, not much difference there. What I'm curious here about, uh, to you know, what your thoughts are with this, uh, and and again, this information is off of SB Nation. Uh, you know, obviously the Chargers fired Anthony Lynn. And from what they write here about him, that they were surprised that he was one of the more surprised firings this offseason. And I'm, I, I just, why is it surprising? <laughs> Can you think of any th- reason why this would be surprising that Anthony Lynn would get fired? Uh, clearly, they've never watched a Chargers game. So, yeah, I, I mean, <sighs> I'm surprised Anthony Lynn made it throughout the season, to be honest with you, with how many blunders he'd made in timeout control because as a head coach your most important job is clock management and timeout and he royally fucked those up at least 
four or five games this season. Yeah, I that's I, th- I think you hit it on the head. I'm I'm more surprised that he didn't get fired sooner. Uh especially with I mean, I guess they didn't know what Herbert was going to turn into, but obviously with Herbert coming on so strong in his rookie year, I'm not I'm not surprised at all that they fired Anthony Lynn. They're probably like, let's get away from this guy and get somebody who can develop this quarterback and stuff. But they didn't really do that by hiring this head coach. So they need to they need to get somebody in there who's gonna who's gonna kind of mold this this young quarterback because Brandon Staley is not gonna be the guy to do that. So I I would have went offensive minded here. I mean, we talked last podcast. I thought this was uh, the enemy target that I would go after him hard for. Yeah, and I guess that's, you know, before we get to the last team that hired a coach this week, um, you know, the enemy, uh, is, it, is it just a consequence of them going through the, the playoff runs that they've been on and and him not being able to accept a position. I mean, if you're a team and you and you like this guy, isn't it worth taking a shot that especially if if you're hiring people that nobody's heard of before. I mean, it's not like these are crazy hires that uh you know, th- oh, we got to get this guy otherwise he's going to go somewhere else. I don't think anybody else was interested in hiring Brandon Staley as their head coach. No, I I mean, I could see Brandon Staley having a couple of interviews with some other teams just for the fact that every interview Sean McVay said, oh, this is the greatest, this guy's changing defenses the way he's basically playing a smaller package. Uh, Isn't it a little bit, uh, you know, easy to, not easy, but, it's it's easier to be a good defensive coordinator in the NFL when you have the players that the Rams have. You have uh, arguably, I don't even know if it's arguable, the best D lineman in the entire league. You have arguably the best corner in the entire league. And, uh, I mean, this defense is, I don't know. Is it is it because of him that this defense is great, or is it just that they have great players? Um, and he was here for one year. Yeah, he was here one year, and Aaron Donald basically had a, another defensive MVP type season for him. When I've said the stat before, when Aaron Donald is getting triple or double teamed like eighty-two percent of the time on offensive snaps, it's pretty easy to run a smaller package to stop the run. Yeah, isn't that crazy? When you when you know going in, like, all right, you know, eighty percent of the time I'm going to get double or triple teamed, and how that affects other players on the D line, that they know that, like, oh, I'm lining up next to him. I know that these two guys are going to double team him, so I'll be one on one out here, and you know, it just opens up the door for other players on that line and front seven to to do what they need to do. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the the enemy to the Chargers, I didn't really think of it too much because in, in the division and Andy Reid, I don't, uh, you know, might pull Belichick and say, hey, get back here. I'll give you a bunch of money uh, to avoid having him go to a division rival. But it kind of made sense. So I, I, I just, is enemy going to get a job? <laughs> it's not looking like it. Yeah, and uh, that leads to a whole bigger issue on race in the NFL. Yeah, I know you threw a stat out there earlier before we started. Why don't you throw that out for us? Yeah, according to uh, Sam Ocho, since 2018, there have been 26 head coaching jobs available in the NFL. 26 people have been hired, and two of them were black. And one of them lasted one year, Kevin Wilk, for Arizona, they fired him after one season. I forgot that he was even a head coach out there. Yeah. They fired him after one season for Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, it's it's hard to look at it and say, you know, on, it's, if you're being honest, it, it's hard to say that there's not an issue 
because when you're hiring the people that are getting hired, you know, the people that are getting hired, it's not like their credentials are so great. I mean, if you were, you know, back in the day, if you were going to hire Bill Parcells or, uh, you know, whoever, the big name coaches, it's not like those guys are coming around very often anymore. These are all first time head coaches, young guys. And meanwhile, you have some other some other coaches that might be more qualified that aren't getting jobs for whatever reason. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are skipping steps and jumping ahead of the line. Like, at least Robert Sala, he's been a defensive coordinator for three years. He's put his time in. But uh, Brandon Staley, one year as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I mean, five years ago, like I said, he was coaching Division Three defensive coordinator. Yeah, just that by itself. Wouldn't you look at this guy and be like, he might be a little bit over his head as a head coach, as the head coach of an NFL team with the lack of experience that he has. I just, I find it hard to imagine that this guy is not going to be in over his head. But that's that's my take on it. And uh, when you have a guy like Biennemi who uh, has a Super Bowl ring already. Yeah, and this guy's been, you know, he's been talked about getting a head coaching job for, uh, it seems like, forever now. And, you know, the, yeah, they've made the playoffs and gone on runs. And uh, But should that, if anything, the fact that they continue to do that with him calling the offense. and or, So does Andy Reid call the offense? As far as I know, he does not. That's what that's what I thought as well. Um, so, you know, Bienemy working with Mahomes and how this whole offense is shaped up and what they do, it's it's amazing. Uh, you would think if you were one of these teams, you would wait and say, "Listen, I'm going to take a shot. We want this guy. He's done great things, a lot of experience." Uh, and the only team left is Houston, but we'll get to them in a second. Let's talk about this other team here, the Eagles. Another guy that I had not heard of before. Uh, Nick Sirianni, he was the Colts offensive coordinator and apparently was not, he was the offensive coordinator, but he was not calling the plays on offense for the Colts. <laughs> yeah, we were talking off mic about this one. I've never heard of this guy, but Pro Focus has the stat of Colts offensive ranks with Nick Sirianni as OC. EPA per play, which is expected. Uh, I don't even know what it is. Fucking yeah. like, make up these stats. Like I'm trying to figure it out, but it's 12th, 15th, and eighth. Expected points. Yeah. Expected points per. Uh, expected points added. Per play. That's what it is. And it's, I'll, I'll read it to you here. This is from Inside the Pylon. It says, EPA is a football statistic that seeks to measure the value of individual plays in terms of points. This is done by calculating the expected points of the down, distance, and field position situation at the start of a play and contrasting it with the situation at the end of the play. On three, a three-yard gain on first and ten is pretty different than a three-yard gain on third and two. Something not usually captured in conventional statistics. The expected points framework helps translate raw gains into value. What the hell does that mean? I don't know, but if I know watching the Colts' offense, did anything blow you out about that offense? It was run the ball, run the ball. Run the ball, and then watch Rivers throw some weird sidearm, you know, shot put the ball downfield, uh, which, you know, worth mentioning. Philip Rivers retires a couple days ago, um, so another one of those old guard quarterbacks that we grew up watching, no longer in the league, and I think it's about time he looked uh, a little worse for the wear. And to be honest, I. I'm kind of thinking Big Ben might make an announcement soon. I mean, 
He's yeah. Left and he he looked old the second half of that season. You know, I was actually thinking about that. I was I was like driving to work and I was like, wait, so Phil Rivers tied. I I was like, I I it, Ben Roethlisberger's got to be next, and I act for some reason I thought that he had already retired. I had to like check myself and be like, did he retire? Or did he not? I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think that he's he's that next quarterback from uh, and he was drafted the same year as Eli, right? Eli Manning. Yep, Eli and Rivers and him were all drafted the same year. I think he was 23rd overall. Yeah, yep, yeah, him and, uh, I mean, Eli and Philip Rivers are always going to be tied at the hip. You kind of forget that Roethlisberger was taken in that same draft, but, uh, yeah, that was a good quarterback draft uh, between Eli Manning and, and Roethlisberger. What do they have, four Super Bowls? Yep, four Super Bowls. Rivers is the only one without one. Yeah, and that's what he's missing from his resume. I think he's fifth in yards, fifth in touchdowns. So he's up there, just not uh, not the ring that that uh, eluded him his whole career. So, um, but this this Sirianni hiring. Let's go back to this for a second. Got got sidetracked by some nerd talk. Um, yeah. So Sirianni replaces Doug Peterson, and uh, again, uh, it says thirty nine. 39, yep, 39 years old, says he's responsible for building and rebuilding the Colts, transitioning from Andrew Luck's shock retirement to working with Phillip Rivers. He's proven an ability to adjust on the fly and rework teams, making him an exciting choice. So I find it hard, you know, if I were an Eagles fan, I'm not sure how I get excited about an OC who was not calling the plays. Yeah, I think this is more of a, uh, this is a get Carson Wentz right pick. Uh, if, you, if you're Eagles coaching staff, do you care about getting him right? I mean, uh, he- Jeff Laurie seems to because he's quoted as saying in this article I'm reading, Wentz who struggles in 2020 were described as very fixable by Laurie. He's the owner. Yep. So he's making comments about a, the ability to fix a quarterback when he's the owner of a team. Uh, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. When did he sign his contract? Wentz, Wentz is stuck there a long time. Okay, so it was. Uh, so this was the first year. You have the new deal. And he's got three years left. $128 million contract for four years 70 million game yeah i guess i guess there's my answer right there you you make it you try to make it work with this guy because you're paying him a ton of money and right now if you were to try to trade him you're probably getting pennies on the dollar because of the season that he just had so uh yeah i guess this is their shot which i mean the hiring if that's what they're trying to do, the hiring makes sense. You bring in an offensive guy. That's why some of these hirings, you know, you're you're kind of like, all right, what what direction are they trying to go in? I mean, the Chargers bring in Staley, who's a defensive guy, but they've got a uh, what looks like a stud quarterback. Uh, you know, so let's let's finish up with the Texans here, who are still without a coach. Uh, what are the chances that they rehire Bill O'Brien? Uh, 75%. <laughs> Only they would do that, right? I mean, they're such a mess right now. They might give them a call and be like, hey, Bill, you think you can fix this for us? I mean, you did create you did create this mess. Uh, fire the GM they just hired. Yeah, they'll bring him in and he'll immediately fire that guy. Uh, but, yeah, the Texans are, are a mess. I mean... In my opinion, if if Bienemy, if the Texans weren't such a mess, it would be a nice fit because you got Deshaun Watson, um, you know, similar skill set to Mahomes. He just kind of makes plays when you never expect it. Honestly, uh, if you're Bienemy, do you even want this job? No, I, that's 
I wouldn't take the Texans job. Yeah, I mean, if he just wants to, if he just wants to be a head coach, then yeah, I mean, take the job. But if you're looking for a good situation to go into, this is not it. And I mean, you even brought up, you know, I know you brought up race earlier, and and last week we touched on it with the Texans. Uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know. Would he want to go there? But maybe the Texans are the team that are holding out hope that uh, Biennemi wants to come there. Like, let's wait until the playoffs are over because, uh, you know, that's when we can talk to him and and come to an agreement with him. But no, uh, the thing is, you can come to an agreement prior to him being out because Dan Campbell was already hired technically before the Saints game. It just wasn't official. He never signed the paperwork, but it was all leaked that he was hired. Yeah, that's true. I just wonder if maybe. You know, Andy Reid has a policy where he doesn't want, but I mean, he's allowing him to go on interviews. Yeah, so there's no reason why. Yeah, and if and if he was, I'm sure that somebody would have leaked that by now. If they were holding out for enemy and they were going to come to some sort of terms with him, uh, but maybe he just doesn't want it. I mean, they what do they have? They don't have anything. You don't have a first round pick. You don't have a pick until the third round. You have an unhappy quarterback. Will Fuller's gone. Um, I mean, J.J. Watt's getting older. What about this team is is exciting, you know, potential incoming candidates? There's, there's not much. I feel like they're going to get stuck with a coach, you know, a, a recycled coach. Um, you know, we talked about Marvin Lewis and, and uh, you know, some other coaches that, have been out of the game for a while that are coming back in and maybe they get stuck with that guy, but uh, that's not going to make Deshaun Watson very happy. I'd imagine. So something uh, interesting fact I'm reading uh, the Texans GM, Nick uh, Castorino's personal page. Yeah. How did he not get uh was it? Brandon Staley. Do you know where oh, they go to the same school? Yeah, they went John Carroll University. Huh. Well, if, I, I'm not. I don't even know if uh, him. If they did, that's kind of that's got to be telling you something. They just hated each other while they were both there. If they were there at the same time. Um. He is. How old is he? He's 45. So I doubt they were there at the same time. Few years difference, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean the, the alma mater uh, connection. That's you know that that's gotten a lot of people hired, and uh, you know I don't know if he was if he was even considered for this job, but if he was, then that tells you uh, what kind of job this is right now. So um, yeah, so let's uh, you know that that's our kind of summary of what's going on. Uh, you know, we already know Jaguars hired Urban Meyer, Jets hired Robert Sala, and the Falcons hired Arthur Smith. So that's a total of seven vacancies that needed to be filled, uh, six of which have already been, uh, have already done that and uh, still waiting for the Texans. Listen, I'm changing my grade on this Brandon Staley hire because apparently John Carroll University is the place to be. What do you mean? Uh, Castorino played his, uh, he played football there at John Carroll University, a three-year starter, three-time academic All-Ohio Athletic Conference selection. He was teammates of Patriots offensive coordinator and then John Carroll wide receiver Josh McDaniels and Washington Redskins linebacker London Fletcher. So, oh, that's right. He did go to, uh, that, 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 uh. That is true. I forget London, London Fletcher. That that was, you know, growing up watching him as a Giants fan. I I always remember seeing that John Carroll University. But um, yeah, I guess you know if you want to if you want a job at the NFL, just go to John Carroll. Yeah, apparently that is the new uh, hotspot. All right, so Division Three, John Carroll, churning out NFL coaches. Never thought that would. Uh, never thought that that I would say that. Yeah, an offensive coordinator. 
a general manager now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And> coach. <laughs> it's not. It's definitely, uh, what is it? A Ring of Honor guy for the Redskins. London Fletcher? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, you know, like I said, growing up with the Giants and, and watching those those games back in the day, he was uh, he was a guy as a Giants fan that he, he always seemed to, to do something. He always seemed to do something. Um, and I just want to throw this out there before we move to the recap and, and look ahead to uh, some of the, the two games this weekend. But uh, So this SB Nation, they kind of have a little analysis on all the outgoing coaches, uh, you know, Patricia, O'Brien, all that. When you get to the Jets, it says outgoing, Adam Gase. And the analysis just is Adam Gase is terrible. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it. That's all they got. So uh, that, that just, you know, that's the, probably the best way to put it. And uh, nothing else needs to be said. So uh, quick question about the outgoing coaches. How many yeah. of them do you think get rehired at some position? Again, because to be honest, I don't see Matt Patricia being rehired at anything, and I don't see Adam Gase being rehired at anything. Um, so if we go one by one here, I mean, I'll give you my thoughts real quick. Dan Quinn, he already got hired. Yep. Uh, Matt Patricia, I could see him getting hired as a defensive coordinator. Um, maybe you know, eventually. Um. I could see that. Bill O'Brien, I don't think so. Doug Marone, I don't think so. Uh, Doug Marone's already been hired. Oh, where did he get hired? Alabama offensive coordinator. Oh, okay. I th- okay. I, 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 as far as NFL goes, I'm not so sure that we'll see him back in the NFL. But I don't know. He's going to win two oh, no. championships, and then he'll come right back. No, I thought... um. Oh, Bill O'Brien you're talking about. Bill O'Brien got hired at Alabama as no. the OC. They're What's both that? the OCs at Alabama. What? Yeah. What are they, co-OCs? Something like that. Or one's like a special assistant offensive play caller or something. I don't know. Uh, all right. <laughs> I, I forgot that. Nick Saban does it differently down there. I, so he's going to be the okay. He's going to be the O line coach. It says, but uh, offensive line coach. Yeah, I see O line coach. That's what I see. Um, but as far as you know, another job in the NFL. I don't really see it. I don't know. We'll see what happens at at Alabama. But um, Anthony Lynn, no. Adam Gase, no. Doug Peterson, if he just told the truth, <laughs> I think he would get another job, but I think he's done now because of that. I don't think that he can be trusted with these players um, after that whole debacle. So, he's taking a year off. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. it just... He really screwed himself over by by how he handled that whole situation. Um, so we'll see what happens in a year. Some coaches, you know, we've seen it. McCarthy takes a year off, comes back. Um, we've seen coaches do it, and and we'll see. So um, let's get to the – let's do a quick recap of last week's games and uh, just kind of our, our thoughts about, you know, the winners, and then that will lead us right into the uh, – the championship Sunday here. So let's, I should have had this up already. All right. Let's bring up the schedule from last week. And uh, to be honest, I mean, I don't know if you felt this way, but I wasn't really like, I wasn't really pulled into this weekend of football. Uh, well, I think it was cause the Saturday games were, pretty bad yeah the Packers end up winning 32-18 I never really got the feeling the Rams were going to win that game 
No. The Packers honestly kind of dominated them from the start, and Aaron Donald wasn't healthy once Cooper Cup actually didn't play. So that was... uh... Yeah, Cooper Cup was out. Um, Aaron Donald, you know, he just wasn't himself. Uh, Goff, I mean, he didn't throw... he, He didn't turn the ball over. Um, which was the first time in a game like that uh, with that temperature, um, but still, you know, not very productive. And, you know, Rodgers just, he looked like Aaron Rodgers. So, and the, and the Packers were able to run the ball all over this defense. I think they had almost 200 rushing yards in this game. So Packers, number one seed, they move on to the championship game. And then that second game on Saturday, I mean, this was... This was just not a very exciting game to watch either. 17-3, Bills end up winning. Yeah, um, I mean, both defenses just kind of dominated, and I, I was bored out of my mind watching this game. You would expect the Ravens to be able to do something, but... Yeah, the, I mean, the Bills' defense had been playing better, but uh, the struggles that... The Ravens had, I, I didn't expect. So I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, what what do you think, what's the deal with Lamar Jackson? I mean, are the Ravens potentially looking at this and saying, this isn't the guy that's going to get us where we want to be? Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to be that Super Bowl winning quarterback that they hope for. I think he's he'll be a quarterback that'll always get you into the playoffs, but I don't yeah. know. It's going to be tough. He needs to learn how to throw outside the numbers, but I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, I I think he's going to be a guy like you said. He'll win you ten games plus every year, just because he's so dynamic. But once you get into the playoffs, it's a different beast. I mean, we've seen it where, you know, the teams, obviously you're playing much better competition. The Bills are hotter than any team right now. And they just, they shut them down. And you're right. He can't, you know, his accuracy outside of the pocket, which is where he needs to make most of his plays, uh, is just not there. And how about the Bills Mafia? <laughs> I mean, they're just uh, they're singing and dancing up there in Buffalo. You know, you forget Buffalo is a New York team, but hey, I mean, as a New Yorker, you got a you got one of the three New York teams in the uh, in the championship game here. So, are you rooting for them? Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Buffalo could take another heartbreaking like Super Bowl loss. <laughs> Yeah, I'm imagining like uh, you know a double doink at some point, and uh, you know they lose on a last second field goal, something like that. But I don't know. The Bills are hot, and uh, you know they're yeah they're playing the Chiefs. This is uh, this is going to be a good game. So speaking of the Chiefs, let's jump to Sunday now. Chiefs beat the Browns twenty two seventeen again. It just wasn't. I mean, Mahomes got hurt. It wasn't really the most exciting game to watch. Yeah. Um, I thought Cleveland played well, but if you can't beat the Chiefs after holding them to, what was it like? The Chiefs drove down three straight times and they held them to field goals every time? Uh, yeah, they, let's see. So they, yeah. Yeah, the, at, towards the end of the game, I mean, once they got to 13 points, they had three straight field goals, and one of the field goals was missed. So, you know, they they kept dri- they were driving down the field all all day long, they but they couldn't put it in the end zone. And, you know, if you told me that the Chiefs were going to only score 22 points, I'd say ah, they might lose that game. Yeah, so I mean, that's what. That's what wasn't exciting is the Browns did everything right and still couldn't beat the Chiefs. They lucked out with the Mahomes injury. Yeah, they, yeah. And Mahomes got hurt when? Didn't he get hurt in like the third quarter? 
Yeah, I think it was like the second drive of the third quarter or the third drive of the third quarter. And Henny came in, and you know Henny actually played pretty decent. I mean, he did what he needed to do to get them the victory, but uh, you know the Browns the Browns did cover. So, you know, take that for what it is. But I know we were both on the Chiefs. Any Browns betters? I mean, as long as you didn't take a money line, you still hit your hit your mark. So, uh, speaking of you know covering, I know we didn't really touch on it yet, but I think what what did we go two and two? Yeah, we each went uh, two and two, and that brings your record to three, four, and one in the playoffs, and I'm four. Wait, what, was, what was your record? Was it um, four, five, and one? I think I screwed up your record. I know, I know, I know. I'm lo- I have a losing record. I know that, but yeah, you're three. You're three, six, and one. All right, so I'm struggling here in the playoffs. Yeah, you're three, six, and one. And I'm four, five, and one. Okay, so looks like I got to get I got to get the next three games right. To hit 500 for the playoffs and avoid losing uh, losing my shorts here. So, uh, but yeah, the Chiefs. I mean, as if Mahomes is good to go, which you know it's question question mark right now. Uh, obviously, that will change things drastically. Yeah, but um, it sounds like he's playing. Yeah, I, w- I would be very surprised if he doesn't play. I mean, and- practicing, so it's just. Uh- yeah, it's just him getting his practices in and I'm trying to pull up the numbers for you. I'm sure you have them up already, but uh, for for the game, I think the Chiefs right now are a three-point favorite. Yeah, the Chiefs are three and the Packers are three and a half. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs, if, if, Mah- if there was any concern that Mahomes wasn't going to play, I don't think that it would be a Chief- spread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think it would be that. So uh, the last game last weekend was uh saints bucks you know 85 years of age between the two quarterbacks brady and breeze uh, who's going to come out on top and the buccaneers end up winning 30 to 20 um you know breeze breeze looks old and that's why he retired <laughs> yeah i mean he he looked like he was having he's having trouble getting the ball downfield and uh, the offense, you know, the Saints, this was not the Saints that we were used to seeing. And, uh, you know, they had to throw some gimmicks out there in order to get, you know, get on the board. J- they even threw Jameis Winston out there. He threw a touchdown pass. So, um, you know, had to mess around a little bit to to make things happen. And, yeah, they, uh, uh, Taysom Hill, uh, Murray didn't play. And then I think a big injury was uh, Delonte Harris, the kick returner slash wide receiver. Yeah. He had two big kick returns early. I mean, one got called back that would have been a touchdown, but he set up their first touchdown drive, and then he had uh, some type of head injury, and he was done for the game, but he was destroying the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, special teams. Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of came on late in the year, and, and Breeze liked throwing to him, so that was definitely missed. Um, and that leaves us with, with the uh, championship games on Sundays. Uh, on Sunday, so... The first one we have is uh, the Bucks are going to Green Bay at 3.05 on Sunday, and the Packers right now are a 3.5-point favorite. Who do you like in this game? I like Green Bay. As do I. Why? I like them because I don't trust warm-weather teams going to a cold city. And Sunday... Looking up the weather right now, it is going to be a balmy. It's a 305 kickoff, you said? 305. It's going to be a balmy 29 degrees in Lambeau Field. So it'll be pretty similar to what it was last weekend in terms of temperature. Yeah, no uh, no rain or anything, no real wind, but those warm weather teams coming up north, this is the only real home field advantage there is in the NFL this season is the cold. Yeah, I mean, Brady, you know, he played in New England for a long time, so he's used to this. Uh, but you're right. It, I mean, it's not just about him. It's about the rest of the team. 
wide receivers, like that field grips differently for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. He had an awful game last week. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I like the Packers. I think, uh, you know, it would be kind of cool to see the Bucks win and then they get the Super Bowl in their home stadium, even though it doesn't really matter. I mean, you brought up Florida with the rules. I don't know what the rules are going to be at that point. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I just think I think the, the Packers just feel like the team. You know, they just feel like the team that's got it all going on in the NFC. And uh, with Rodgers playing the way he's playing, I mean, it doesn't matter. Throw this guy out there. You know, it was snowing last weekend. It doesn't matter. Adams catches this usual touchdown pass. And the Packers are, I think they're just, the, I think they're just the team this year in the NFC. I, I don't know. That's, that's my analysis. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing that worries me about the Packers is they haven't really felt the injury to the left tackle, uh, David, but I don't know how to say his last name, but Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. Yeah, Bakhtiari. They haven't really felt it yet. And, that's going to be the only way Tampa is going to be able to, you know, really pressure him is going through uh, that. And I don't know. I haven't seen. They didn't get a ton of pressure against Breeze last week. Yeah, I I would say, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that the Bucks actually destroyed the Packers earlier this year. Yes, they did. And it was one of Rodgers, you know, it probably was his worst game of the season. 38 to 10 was the final score, and that was down in Tampa. Um, I, I don't see that happening again. I mean, this is, you know, Rodgers, I'm not even, was, was Adams even available for this game? This might have been one of the games he missed. Yeah, I'd have to double check that. But um, yeah, I just, like I said, I just think the, the Packers are are the team, and I'll take three and a half points. Uh, with you know the cold weather, it, it is going to be tough, like you said. And uh, I'm just trying to pull up the. Yeah, I mean the way Tampa wins this game is you actually have to feed Leonard Fournette, and he's had a pretty good playoffs. So I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, and I. Uh, Ronald Jones, I mean, they're, it seems like they're splitting carries right now. Um, I'm just trying to I'm pu- trying to pull up the. Look like the the Bucks just blitzkrieged him in the in the second quarter and put up 28 points. Um, so that was that was where they did their damage. Can I get the stats here? I mean, I haven't learned my lesson with Bing. Now you haven't because. <laughs> Let's see. All right, here we go. Clicked on the wrong. All right, let's see. So, yeah, Rodgers only threw for 160 yards in this game, and uh, Adams did. Adams did play. Devontae Adams did play. So, you know, I don't know what you want to chalk it up to, but I, I don't. It's not going to happen again. Um, Green Bay's playing on on a different level than they were uh, earlier in the year, and uh, they're number one number one offense. I think the, the Packers number one offense in the league. So uh, let's finish up with the Chiefs and Bills. Um, and I just want to say I don't think I don't think either of us had the Packers or the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. No, but uh, I think our buddy Kevin, who we had on a couple episodes ago, probably yeah. 10 now, he had the uh, Bucks, uh packers Yeah, I don't... I know he had the... I'm pretty sure he had the Chiefs in the AFC. I don't know if he had the Bills, though. Um, we'd have to go back. If, if he got it, if he got it correct, we might have to have him on and uh, and give us his takes. We'll do a special little... Uh, little episode with him before the game start on Saturday, if that's the case. Um, but, you know, we touched on the Chiefs minus three right now, home against the Bills. Uh, who are you taking in this one? 
I'm going to buck the trend, and I'm going to take the Chiefs, I think. <laughs> I am I'm right there with you again. I I think the Bills have been great. I, I love Josh Allen. I think he's... You know he's been he's been one of the quarterbacks over the last three years from that draft that has just progressively gotten better, and he was playing at an MVP level this year. Uh, but I think this is where it comes to an end. I just think that the Chiefs, you know, we've seen them kind of sleepwalk, and I know you've kind of used that term where they they kind of sleepwalk through the season. Yeah, I but, think they haven't covered a game in like seven weeks or something. Yeah, but they're I mean they're getting it done. And I think that when they need to make the plays, I mean, Mahomes needs to be there. If Mahomes, for some reason, is not himself, then this that changes things big time. But, uh, you know, they, they get done what they need to get done. And it doesn't matter if they're covering. Would they go 14-2? and two? Uh, The Chiefs? I think the Chiefs only lost to... Uh... The Raiders. Oh, they they lost week seventeen. So they yeah, they went fourteen and two. So yeah, they lost to the Raiders earlier in the year. And then um, they 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 played each other this this year as well already, and the Chiefs won twenty six seventeen. So I think it's gonna be a good game. I think both these games are gonna be good and they're gonna be competitive. Um, and as as you can see, I mean the spreads are spreads are not not big at all. So, um, but yeah, I'm with you. It sounds like we're both on the same page here with these games. Packers minus three and a half, Chiefs minus three, and uh, and those are our picks for Championship Sunday. Any final thoughts? No, I'm just I'm excited. Uh, I mean, this should be the best week of football. You just yeah, yeah. You eight in the AFC and. One in five in the NFC. Yeah, and I mean the Buccaneers. I don't. I don't know if anybody's really surprised that they're there. I think a lot of people had them, you know, as their preseason pick. It was just, you know, could they could they gel and mesh and and get to the point where, um, you know, they're hitting on all cylinders. And it's and it looks like they're doing that at the right time. So both these games are going to be good. Um, you know, Saturday football. Is uh, is no longer, which you know, it'll be nice, nice to get a few more Saturday games in there. But we'll have to wait till Sunday, and uh, I think I think it'll be a treat uh, on, on Championship Sunday. So uh, you got our uh, our social media handles for everybody. Yep, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Square the Sharp. We're at Instagram and YouTube at Squaring Up the Sharp. You can email us at squaringupthesharp at gmail and then uh, give us a l- five stars and rate and review us on iTunes if you don't mind. And that's the show. Yeah. So enjoy Championship Sunday and uh, look out for some some of our prop bets that we're going to tweet out. And uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you after, and we'll talk a little Super Bowl. So why don't you sign us off, Austin? Here's to squaring up the sharps. <laughs>